Hello, and welcome back to Lost in Citations, our regular podcast where we speak to the producers of interesting content and see if we can learn a little bit more about their background. Joining us today is my co-host, Jonathan Schachter. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing quite well. Thank you so much for keeping our little pirate ship afloat these past <laughs> few weeks and months. Uh, it's been nice listening to all of your interviews, and I wonder if I missed. You know, it's always an interesting thing doing a podcast. I always say it's like screaming into a vacuum. So if I have been missed, uh, I appreciate it. Not that anyone's really reached out to me and said I've been missed, but um, <laughs> that is podcasting. You don't get a lot of feedback. So for those of you that have missed me, I, I've missed you too. So thank you. Well, uh, salutes in the chat for those who have been uh, missing, Jonathan. The reason that you have been missing is because of you attempting to improve your academic profile. Could you give us a little bit of feedback on that as well? Yeah. So for people that have been listening since the beginning, uh, if you haven't, you if you're just starting to listen now, you can go back to the very beginning is when I, I would say I'm still an early career researcher, but at that time I was doing a master's degree in psychology and I was navigating, you know, going back to school in my late thirties and trying to figure out how mm. to become a researcher mm. and all those things. And I was getting advice from people and um, that podcast kind of carried me through the master's degree and then into my PhD study, which I think I've talked about a few times and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i'm i just i just um passed what what we call that at monash is a milestone where we have a few of these milestones along the way where i had to get my my research proposal approved and now i'm doing ethics and you know doing a lot of reading so essentially what uh chris and i like to do is interview people at different stages of their career you know teachers early career researchers leaders in the field and so i would say that I am one of those people now where I'm at a different stage in my career where I have a lot less time to do interviews. Mm -hmm. And really, I think I mentioned this, I might've mentioned this before, um, kind of entering this stage where I'm, I'm really only going to be interviewing people, the papers that I have to read because I just don't have as much time. So I'm kind of fading back a little bit to a contributing interviewer, um, which we opened up, I think around like citation 55. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and I I hope to start. You know, I have a bit more free time in January, February, March, so I'm hoping to reach out and interview some people then. But yeah, I've been really busy with uh, the beginning stages of my PhD, and it's been really, it's been really, uh, it's been a great experience so far. And I think all the interviews that I did, I feel like those people are kind of with me along the ride, so it's, it's it feels less lonely. Well, they're literally with you because your supervisors are people who you picked up during your time on the podcast, right? Yeah, actually, I just saw them yesterday. So my my lead supervisor is uh, Dr. Datbao, one of the leading researchers in silence. And um, I'm doing my PhD through Monash University. And there wasn't another uh, supervisor that that was, um, I guess, had the, the experience in silence. So we were lucky enough to get an external supervisor. So my my second supervisor is Dr. Seiko Harumi, who is citation number one, and she's uh she teaches at the University of London. So yeah, it is interesting how it worked out. So citation thirty five and citation one, and I think I interviewed Seiko again. I, don't, I can't remember which citation that was, but um, 
Yeah, I'm actually reading Dat Bao's new book on silence. It's a very impressive, very impressive book. So I'm uh, maybe I'll do a an interview with him down down the road, get him back on the podcast. Yeah, interesting that you reached out to um, a doctor who is citation number one, but not a doctor who is citation number two. You know that we've we've had other people like Robert S. Murphy and Todd Bukins and other people who are uh, contributing to the podcast, and it's been it's not it's not been the the easiest to keep a podcast going individually, but one of the good things has been that many people have reached out to us to uh, contribute their uh, their their work which suggests to me that the podcast is going in the right direction question mark yeah i i i think so i mean it's it's evolving um and this this podcast story is in, inherently linked to both me and you and and that's one that's one reason i did reach out to you uh to start this whole thing because you were at a different stage of your career already finished you already finished your phd uh kind of years in the background when before we even started this uh podcast so and so yeah you're at a different stage in your career as well i don't i don't know if you want to talk about the your 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 plans for kakenya i guess we can do that later i know you're up you're up against a, a deadline um uh no it, it depends about what question uh you want to ask because i i'm i'm very willing to talk about our our kakenya uh application and also i i think Talking about it has good um, resonance because uh, when we first talked on the podcast, uh, it was, you know, it, I, I had an application that actually came through. So maybe we could we could talk about that. So uh, what I have proposed is that uh, we create a catalogue of all of the interviews that we have in as much detail as possible. So not just having it as uh, a transcribed information, but also having materials that uh, teachers could download and uh, use in their classes, kind of like a breaking news English for academic material. And even if I don't get the money, I'm still thinking that this is the way forward for this project. Yeah, that's I mean, that's exciting. There's there's lot, lots of 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 ways that we can we can use the catalog. That's one thing I was going to say is if people are just catching the podcast now and they're not really familiar with me, I would I would recommend them to, to go back. I'm, I'm heavily involved in this organization called iApple the International Association for the Psychology of Language Learning. And actually, they're having a conference in Madrid in May, which I'll be going to. And um, I met uh, a few people at my presentation at JOUT, and I think they're going to be going to Madrid as well. So there's a lot. If you're interested in the psychology of language learning, uh, I've I've interviewed many, many people from that organization, including the likes, likes of Peter McIntyre and Sarah Mercer and Tammy Gregerson and uh, the list goes on and on and on. So it, again, I, I would recommend people that haven't listened to those episodes. That's in some ways, that's why I don't feel so guilty not pumping out as many episodes this past year because I was busy. <laughs> I look back, I was like, you know, there are a lot there. So I encourage people to go back and, and listen to some of those in the back catalog. But again, back to your your project. 
Yeah. I mean, that's another reason why I'm, I'm glad I kind of reached out to you because I doing a project like this, it, it's good to get different perspectives. You know, you and I, we, we have different research interests. Um, we're in different stages of our career and you are highly prolific in securing grants and, and funding and these things. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe, you know, the, some some of the ideas that that you've you've had already, um, and I'm excited as sort of just a, like a bystander. I I know I'm involved in this project, but um, just kind of seeing you work is it's it's very impressive. People that know you well know you're a very hard worker, and what your your uh, what's your phrase? Make it a make it a factory, not a warehouse. I I love that phrase. I, th I think about that a lot. Uh, well, I, it, that comes from um uh someone who we both respect highly, Adam Carolla. Um, oh, nice! Who said, "Yeah, you know, be a be a factory, not a warehouse. Uh, anything that that didn't work before, forget it. If it worked, keep using it and make new things." So that's that. That's where that comes from. And on that point, I can say that this morning we had our first interview in the podcast studio over here in Kyushu University, uh, Dr. Andrew Chapman. And we talked about renewable energy. And I, I think it was very productive. But it was the first time face to face, eye to eye, doing an interview for a podcast studio. It wasn't a podcast studio that I was building at the time. I was just building an interview studio um, that was finished in March 2020 and then the world shut down and to be able to you know draw it up and use it uh, in the way that it was intended in December 2023 uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great achievement I uh, it was it was a great interview and uh, look forward to that that's coming in early 2024 yeah especially you know for people that aren't familiar with Japan, um, Kyushu University is a top five university in Japan. So I I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of impressive people that come through those doors. And uh, it, it is kind of a fun thing to think that you can kind of just grab someone and say, hey, do you have a, you know, do you have, do you have a few, few minutes to come up and uh, have a bit of a chat? And then you can kind of trick them into doing a long form podcast interview. Well, lock no. the door. And... <laughs> no, we have, a, 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 I've, I've labeled it the lunchtime series. Nice. And uh, so, you know, we have uh, our man on the street um, podcast as well, but this is going to be the lunchtime series where I talk to people on campus about their research interests. That's awesome. And because I can, they can just come in, sit down um, if they want to eat their lunchtime bento at the same time and talk 45 minutes about a paper that they have selected, then I have the capability to do that. So that's what I'll be doing uh, in connection to a lot of other. I, I, th there are so many people who are coming up on the podcast that we haven't done the interview yet, but I know that people are going to be interested to listen to. And uh, they're not in my field and they're not in john's field but they are the, the the topic itself is very interesting so look forward to that yeah I'm, I'm always interested in knowing how people manage their time and manage their research and manage you know these big projects so that's definitely universal no matter what you're researching 
Go on. I did want to say what well, I, I had like a few things I wanted to, to share. I don't know how much time we have, but um, I think one of the things that I've learned from doing these interviews, I've kind of changed my mindset for the better, where I think when I first started the PhD, I was thinking, okay, I just want to get this over with. And then when I get this over with, then I'll have the PhD and then I can apply for this job. And, th- and I was thinking like in the future, but after doing the interviews and especially talking to one of my supervisors, uh, Seiko Harumi, she really kind of like nailed it home that you really need to try to enjoy this time. And I made a conscious effort that I'm going to enjoy this process. <laughs> I'm not going to think about the future. I'm going to enjoy my life now. I, I, I know, I know personally, I know you probably know two people that do the PhD fast. They get burned out. Some of them quit, even quit the profession or, you know, quit. Mm. They, they kind of get, mm. you know, and I don't want to be one of those people. I just wanted to share this one anecdote. So I passed this uh, milestone where I guess I'm officially a PhD candidate and things are good to go. And, you know, I've done a lot of work kind of building the architecture of the project. And um, I thought, you know what, this is kind of a big deal, uh, you know, for me. And so, you know, I guess some people post on Facebook, but I, I don't really do that so much anymore. I went and I bought myself a cake and it was the best thing <laughs> I've ever done. I said, you know what? This is great. I love this feeling. I want to keep this feeling going. It was a random Tuesday. I went to the local cake cake shop, brought it home. And then I, uh, my wife and my daughter, and after dinner, I said, hey, we're, I bought myself a cake. And they said, what? And then I kind of told them, I said, you know, I, I passed this thing. And I think if I didn't have the cake, that you know, the, their eyes would have glossed over a bit because it doesn't really mean anything to them. Like they can't understand how much work it went into it. But with the cake, man. It brought it brought some gravity to the situation, and I, they looked and was like, "Hey, man, this guy bought himself a cake." So I recommend that. I, I think I got I got a similar advice from Michael Berg. I can't remember which citation that was, but he was saying, you know, kind of reward yourself every now and again for like the, these little stages of the the PhD. So, bought myself a cake, man. I highly recommend it. I don't know if you ever bought yourself a cake. It's a good feeling. It's good. Times. I have never bought myself a cake, but uh, going back to um, Adam Carolla. He talks about achievement days, not birthdays mm. or these things. Like remembering the things that you do. And maybe I will be buying myself a cake in the next few days because uh, December 14 is the my achievement day of getting my PhD. Oh, back. nice. Gosh, where are we? We're 2013? So like nine years ago. Wow. And so... Maybe I should get myself a cake. You're right. And I, I it, because it, it's just being born is not an achievement. No. But getting something that like, I, I wouldn't have the job that I have today if I didn't do the thing that I did and was recognized on the 14th of December 2014. That's awesome. So, so maybe maybe I should get a cake. I don't know. It's good. It's a good, it's a good point. I, another another quick thing. I just wanted to say this, uh, get <laughs> okay. this off my chest. So my 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 boss, uh, great guy. He he finished his PhD last year. Every now and again, he'll send me these memes or he'll send me links to like uh, PhD talk hashtag on Twitter or the, these Facebook pages. I have done a great job of avoiding all of that stuff. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because he sends me this stuff like, oh, you got to check out this. Uh, I was like, dude, that is just a black hole of wasted time. People go on those sites, the, these memes of what you should be doing. It's like anyone that's on those sites, you're just wasting your time. Like I, I'm so proud of myself. I was like, I was like, I, I, my, my boss's name is Nick. I was like, Nick, 
I'm not going to go check out hashtag PhD Twitter. I'm not going to check out these memes. It's just, and he kind of laughed too, because I guess PhD people send each other these memes and they say, oh, check out this PhD talk or check out this stuff. And it's like, all of that stuff is just, wait, you're just procrastinating. So I'm giving, I might buy myself another cake for avoiding <laughs> hashtag PhD talk on Twitter. Hashtag second cake. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I think we need to move on because um, the most important thing that that we want to um, highlight in our in our podcast is that we want people to, you know, focus on the best in their self, and there's there's no reason to believe that anyone who has a PhD is better than anybody else in in the space, but we understand. If you're under pressure in your in your workplace and they're saying, well, where, where's the PhD? Where's the MA? Where's the uh, where where are the publications? Where are the where are the presentations? We've been there, and uh, hopefully, our podcast series is something that, while you're listening to it, gives you some kind of support, saying that yeah, we understand. This is uh, this is something that is pretty tough. That you're going through yeah and it's a lonely process right so i think that's one oh, one thing that's uh, yes very lonely that's one thing how the podcast has definitely helped me and i hope it's i know it's helped other people too the people that have reached out to me but definitely for me i think about what, the, what these people have said constantly like i said i feel like they're with me so if des- if you listen to the right, podcast right. you you definitely if, you, if you're going through like a uh maybe a dark time where you're, you're feeling not feeling motivated or you're feeling like you're behind schedule you're not doing enough Fire up one of those those uh, podcasts, especially if it's a writer that you respect or a presenter that you respect, and uh, you can kind of get that feeling that you, the feelings that you're having are not like special. You know, the, these are universal. The problem is when you're alone, it just kind of feels if it can it can be tough, right? But um, mm. in some ways, the podcast can be an avenue for a community as well. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I, I think you, you've hit on the key word there, community. When I was proposing certain presentations for next year, and look out for those, I think community was the most important word that came out. We have connected with a certain community of people who want to hear, uh, first of all, that there is a future. Second of all, that uh, what they're doing has utility and probably finally you're not alone you're you're working through a system that will bring you something that uh will bring you value and it's it's very difficult to explain from the beginning uh i i think I've, i've i've said this before but uh i will reiterate it here that Life is something that we can only understand in reverse, but we are forced to work through it in a linear fashion. And that is when it comes to things like master's degrees, PhDs, and trying to get tenure, that's something that is obviously manifest. So we are here, reach out, let us know, and we can probably help you. Yeah, and I I think... That's one thing I was talking to a good friend of the pod and a good friend in real life, um, Dr. Simon Humphreys. 
mm-hmm. he invited me to give a talk to some of his uh, masters and TESOL students. And one of the things that I was kind of highlighting is that it's really important that your story aligns with your research interest. And that's something that I kept finding over and over and over again doing these interviews. I'm interested in the person, but you know, when when did they write this paper in their career? What was going on at that time? And like it's it's important that your these stories kind of match up. And like if I was going to do a retrospective interview of, you know, what I was doing at my master's degree and what I'm doing now, it's so inherently connected to my story, right? Like I found that over and over and over again. Like that was the advice I was giving these master's students who are, some of them are kind of struggling with their research interest or like, what should I do? And I said, it really should, your story should match up with your, your, your research interest. It really should make sense. Right. Because it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do research. It really should be something that you're very interested in. And it's something that's like in your life now. That that was that was the theme that I kept finding over and over again doing these interviews. I don't know if you found the same. You are you're the one living your life. You're the one that's like doing this research, right? So, mm. and it's a long term project. So, for people that are struggling to what they are and, going and to it, and it, research, and, and it it is, and we recognize this. It is a life that you're living. Yeah. So, for people, I, I think anyone that's struggling to find a research topic. Make sure it's something that is connected to your story, whether it's a, you know a teacher that you met or you know a student or a, a pedagogical issue or, or a, an institutional issue or, or something that's like in your face. Because anything that I'm researching, I can give the story behind it. Mm. And you find that with you know books outside of you know academia, of course, right? I just bought, I don't know if you've been watching this new series on Netflix, Tokyo Vice. Uh, I, I, we we don't have Netflix anymore. Okay, uh, it's American an American true story. American reporter uh, works for this uh, Japanese newspaper investigating the Yakuza. So I just bought his book, and I'm really interested in reading his book. I mean, and that's he that's his life. I mean, he it's his memoir of like his story about how why he got into the, the field and what he was researching and like navigating that institution of the newspaper in Japan and all of the interesting things. So I feel like that's really important that that's one of the themes that really hit hit strong when I was interviewing these people. You know, these aren't just pieces of paper, right? They're they're someone's story is behind those. And that's where the podcast can come in and give life to the person's voice and the person's story. And that's exactly what and, and that, that's, that's what me. we said, like a face to the name and a voice to the words. And that, that's that's where we kind of started our not the podcast itself but our presentation series and we've been around and doing uh, presentations in various places but that's the whole point that it's so much more important when you actually hear the voice of the person who's speaking absolutely and the, and the, and the person who's writing and the person who is putting their work out in the world and that's what the point of this uh uh, podcast series has been yeah so uh i guess uh check out our website lostincitations.com chris does a great job updating that uh with the uh, the upcoming guests and uh reach out to us lostincitations at gmail.com we're also on twitter at incitations we have a facebook page lots of ways to reach out and hopefully you will be hearing from me uh, early on in 2024 and I hope uh, so sporadically and and listen <laughs> for Chris's interviews which have been great 
yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see some people out and about uh, next year. If you're interested in being a contributing interviewer, we were always, that's always exciting for us that's as well. Still there, that's still there as an option. Yeah. And all the information that is there on the website, you can reach out to us if you have any questions. Exciting things. Thank, thanks for listening to all our previous interviews. So again, if you, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to all of the back catalog, uh, take some time over the winter break, nice hot cup of tea, or coffee, or something else, and uh, check it out. Lots of good stuff in the, in the back catalog. If you'd like to contact the show, the best place to find out about us is our website, lostincitations.com. Here you can learn more about the background to this project and how you can get involved. Our hope is to help academics, educators, and online content producers get in contact with each other. Our email address is lostincitations at gmail.com. We also have Facebook and LinkedIn pages. Please rate and comment on the sites you use to download your podcasts. It helps us reach more potential listeners. But probably the most helpful thing you can do is, if you like our content, recommend it to a friend and let them know what we're trying to do. Thank you very much.